Greetings, listeners. Thank you for tuning in today to Apostolic Archives. I hope that wherever you find yourself listening to this episode today, that you're you're having a great day and that you're blessed. Uh, the following episode, as per some of the episodes have already been stated, is brought to you by the late Reverend James William Gullett, who is the former pastor of Grayson United Pentecostal Church in Grayson, Kentucky, and he is also my grandfather. Um, just a little backstory I wanted to present people that might be listening from these episodes is that a lot of them are from the 80s. Um, I recently uh, acquired a lot of his old cassette tapes and uh, thankfully he recorded um, the, the radio shows and he saved them uh, for us to listen to today. And in our generation we listen to podcasts and obviously they didn't have podcasts in his age they were obviously radio shows but I'm thankful that we can return to truth today and I'm thankful that truth never dies and the same truth that was preached in the 80s the same truth that was preached in the 90s and the 2000s the same truth that my elders and people before me have preached today the same truth lives and it outlived the messenger but the message will never die and it will outlive me so today i hope that you can return to truth with us today i pray that you're blessed and that you enjoy the episode in jesus name Build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock and it shall stand. Ain't no power on this earth that can stand against God's word. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand. Greetings once again from the Grayson United Pentecostal Church Return to Truth radio broadcast. Let's see what we can find this afternoon to help us each as individuals on our return to truth, shall we? Anything in Christ who strengthens you, then get on the wagon and don't be a dragon behind. Build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock and it shall stand. Eternal rock, it will give eternal life, it will drive away all 
Going once, going twice, gone. Sold to the gentleman with the green tie, cried the auctioneer. One by one, the man's possessions were offered. The refrigerator, the car. Finally, only the man remained. And what am I offered of this man, the auctioneer continued. A fine specimen. Trembling with horror, the man awoke from his nightmare. But the thought still persisted and disturbed him. What would the people have paid for him? $2,000? $5,000? More? Or less? What is a man worth anyway? About a dollar, replies the chemist, if he analyzes the chemical content of a man. So then these bodies that we live in are not really worth a whole lot after we leave them. But thanks to the inflation rate, a man might possibly be worth more than a dollar today, according to the chemical content. However, there is the real you that lives in your body that is worth something which amounts to a whole lot more than a dollar. It's your soul, or that very you, the inner self, that's important. Jesus considered it so important as to put his own life up as a ransom that you might be preserved in the day of coming destruction. What did he make possible for you? Let's find out today as the pastor of the Grayson United Pentecostal Church expounds us the way that Jesus made possible to be saved. And now, here is the pastor, Brother James Gullett. Thank you, Brother Gillum, and good afternoon, radio friends. We greet you again in the name of Jesus. Uh, we're here to study the Word of God, and we ask you to take your Bibles out and study along with us. We may grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would today, you take your Bibles, turn with me to the 10th chapter of the book of St. Mark's Gospel. And I'd like to start reading to you out of the book of St. Mark. Uh, I want to talk to you today. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Uh, I, I hope and pray that you want to be in the right way. Uh, you don't want to be uh, in the path that leads unto death. But let's look at the book of St. Mark, and let's begin to read in the 17th verse, the 10th chapter of the book of St. Mark. He said, When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and kneeled, that, kneeled to him, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Uh, I believe that we're all wanting this, and I believe the question today is, uh, what must I do uh, to have eternal life? Uh, there's so many uh, ways anymore that uh, uh, seems like that uh, every way that you turn, uh, someone says, well, come on, you follow me, I got the truth. You come on, follow me, I got the truth. Come on and follow me, I got the truth. But friend, there's only one truth, and Jesus said he was the truth, and uh, the way, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. So we've got to go back and get his word down to see how that he instructed his apostles and what he taught his apostles uh, of that one way uh, into the uh, kingdom of God was. Uh, you can have a way, but... Uh, the Bible simply says, your ways aren't my ways. 
A lot of people have got away today, but uh, their ways aren't God's ways. But uh, let's go back and uh, look at the Word of God. Let's search the Word of God. Uh, I want to make sure of the way. I want to make sure that it's well marked. Uh, I used to use an illustration. I said if you were in a building and it only had three doors in it, uh, and uh, one of those doors led to heaven and the other two led to hell, and whatever door that you opened, uh, that was the door that you had to take. Uh, uh, amen. I wouldn't want to take the chance because I'd be afraid that I'd open the wrong door. Uh, that's why that I can take the Word of God and I can go back and study the Word of God and look at the Word of God because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word's established. And therefore, uh, I can read and I can establish the Word of God. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you can't establish the teachings of some churches. Someone said, you shake my hand, uh, talking about the preacher, and uh, take Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, uh, I can't find that in the Bible. And uh, uh, that's just an example. But uh, there's all kind of examples that we could use. Uh, I don't want to use those examples, but I want to use what thus saith the Word of God. This man came running to Jesus and kneeled down and said, Good Master, what uh, shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Uh, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Uh, this man had, had observed all these things from his youth, uh, right on up uh, until he came to Jesus and he asked, what must he do to inherit eternal life? Uh, amen. Uh, Friend, I'm not knocking what you've already got. Uh, I'm just simply saying uh, what the Bible uh, says here in the next verse. And then Jesus, uh, beholding him, uh, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Is there one thing in your life today that is lacking uh, in your walk with God? Uh, amen. Uh, because if there's one thing lacking, uh, you cannot enter in. Uh, uh, if there's one thing left off, uh, you're not going to heaven. Uh, you're just fooling yourself. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, I, I, I want everything uh, right before God, and that's the way everything has to be. Uh, Jesus said, One thing thou lackest. This is the answer. Then uh, uh, there was something lacking uh, to him inheriting eternal life. There was something in there that wasn't uh, just exactly right uh, for him to have eternal life. Uh, listen, Jesus told him, said, Go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. Uh, this was what he had to do for eternal life, was to follow Jesus. Uh, back in those days, they were living under the law. I just got through reading you the law here. And they were living under that law. This man said, I've kept these laws from my youth up. Jesus said, there's still something lacking there. Uh, have you repented of your sins? If you've repented of your sins and that's as far as you've gotten, there's still something lacking. 
Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? If you've repented of your sins and have been baptized in Jesus' name, uh, there's still something lacking because Jesus simply told him, said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, he's speaking through the mouth of uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost, said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children, to them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, uh, friend, uh, if you've repented of your sins and baptized in Jesus' name and filled the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that only puts you over into the kingdom of God. Then you're to live a holy and a righteous life from that day on. Uh, amen. Uh, you're to live above sin. I know there's preachers that will tell you that you have to sin a little bit every day, but the uh, book of 1 John, the third chapter and the eighth verse, said, He that committeth sin is of the devil. I'm born again of God that I'm of the devil uh, uh, they might believe that they're of the devil uh, that's up to them but uh, I believe that I'm a child of God uh, over in the book of St. John said what manner or first John excuse me said what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear that we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is but uh, we're called the children of God. Uh, and if we're called the children of God, we're not the children of the devil. And uh, his works we're not out trying to do. Amen. Uh, that's another subject, and we'll get on to that one of these days and uh, study some in there. But friend, uh, the door is standing wide open. Jesus Christ is the door. That's what the 10th chapter of the book of St. John tells us. Uh, in the ninth verse, if... Uh, you would happen to look at it or would care to go over and read it with us. Uh, let's just turn to the book of St. John's uh, Gospel, the 10th chapter and the 9th verse, and let's see what it does say, what it does say over there. And uh, it simply says like this, I am the door by me. If any man shall enter in, he shall be saved. Now Jesus is the door if you enter in by the door you'll be saved. But let's back up up here to the first verse. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. He's not as a thief and a robber, but he is a thief and a robber. And according to this word of God, that no thief or robber is going to heaven. Friend, you can't go in some other way. You've got to come through uh, the door, and that door is Jesus Christ. Uh, is there something still lacking in your uh, uh, walk with God? Have you repented of your sins? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, or were you baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. They're titles of relationship. Amen. But Lord Jesus Christ is the name. Amen. And the only place that it's ever applied is in water baptism. When you repented of your sins, they didn't come over and tell you uh, uh, you're uh, repented in the name of uh, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. No. Uh, uh, the only time that they ever apply the name is at water baptism. And friend, I hate to say it, but uh, if you've been baptized in the name of Father, and Son and Holy Ghost, you haven't been baptized. Uh, you have just went into the water, but you haven't been baptized because no place in the Bible was anyone ever baptized uh, this way. 
Now, let me draw your attention to Matthew 28:19, which a lot of folks will run over there, and uh, uh, they want to uh, take this as gospel. But uh, we find here in Matthew 28 and the 19th verse where he told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel, or uh, go ye therefore and teach all nations, excuse me, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Uh, this was right after his resurrection. Uh, this wasn't the last commandment he gave. Uh, someone said the Great Commission, but this is not the Great Commission. If you would care to back up into the 16th verse, said uh, the, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. But I want you to notice that they were in the mountain in Galilee where Jesus had appointed them to meet after his resurrection. Uh, this wasn't uh, his ascension back up on high, but this was just right after his, his resurrection. Uh, uh, if you want uh, what he said uh, uh, after that uh, uh, he had been resurrected and after he had walked with them for uh, 10 days, and uh, then he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And then, uh, if you will turn with me to the 24th chapter and the 45th uh, verse of the book of St. Luke's Gospel, this is the last things that he said. Uh, his apostles said, Then opened he uh, their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it uh, behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, in whose name? In Jesus' name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is the last commandment that he gave the, his apostles. Uh, this is where that he had led them out to Bethany, and uh, the Bible simply uh, talks about it in this manner uh, that... Uh, it says in the second chapter, excuse me, the first chapter of the book of the Acts of the Apostles and the ninth verse, and said, when he had spoken these things, uh, while they beheld, said he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfast towards the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into the heavens? Uh, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into the heavens. Then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olives. This is uh, where Jesus gave the last commandment, on the Mount of Olives, uh, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Galilee is uh, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, maybe uh, 80, 90 miles uh, from uh, Jerusalem. So uh, uh, Matthew 28, 19, when he told them there, uh, it was uh, right after his resurrection. Uh, he uh, appeared to them for 40 days, uh, amen, and spoke things concerning the kingdom of God. Uh, and then uh, the last commandment was to uh, repent, uh, or that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. It didn't start someplace else. It started at Jerusalem. Uh, 
his disciples preached it at Jerusalem. Uh, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter, said that they were in one place in one accord when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind that filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like an fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, not just 12 of them, but all of them that were in the upper room were filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not as they gave utterance, but as uh, the Spirit gave them utterance. And listen, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Friend, uh, how, what other way can you go? Uh, what other way is there? There were devout men there out of every nation. Jesus just got through ten days before telling them that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and here all nations are assembled together here at Jerusalem and Peter stood and preached unto them that Jesus was Almighty God that's what that chapter tells you there uh, the second chapter that Jesus was Almighty God uh, he didn't preach anything else to them manifested in the flesh and when they were pricked in their hearts in the 37th verse, it simply says it like this, that when, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest, not just Peter alone, but the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Look at the answer. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, here in the 37th verse, uh, all the apostles stood with him. Did Matthew turn around and walk away? I don't find word that he did. Uh, I find where Matthew said, uh, amen just means it's right. Uh, I find where Matthew uh, sanctioned it. I find that uh, Matthew said this is right uh, because they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles what they must do. Peter said to repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, to them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, he said, Save yourself from this untoward generation. And friend, uh, I believe that you need to, uh, and there's only one way that I can find in the Bible. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 5 that there is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism. There is not 999 different uh, lords, there is not uh, all these different baptisms, there is not all these different faiths. Uh, amen. You say, well, where did they all come from? Some man instituted them. Some man brought them into existence. Uh, amen. Uh, but God made the plan. Uh, God laid down the, the plan for salvation, and God never changed that plan of salvation. It's up to you and I to enter in at the gate. Amen. Uh, enter in at the straight gate, for uh, broad is the road, uh, and broad is the gate uh, that uh, opens up and lets you on to the road of destruction. And it says many will enter the in thereat, uh, but few is going to find this others. Uh, you know why few is going to find it? Because they hate the name of Jesus. Uh, they won't take the name of Jesus. Uh, 
they don't want the name of Jesus. That's why that they crucified him outside of the city. Uh, that's why they hollered away with him. Give us Barabbas. In other words, give us the world. Uh, we want to do our own thing, but uh, you're not going to tell us that we have to do this. Uh, and friend, I'm not telling you you have to do it. I'm simply saying if you want to go to heaven, you've got to come God's way. I see our time's just about run out, but... Uh, Come out and be with us in our service, and we'll return the rest of this program back to Brother Gillum. Brother Gillum. Thank you, Brother Gillum. Our services are on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, with Sunday school at 10 o'clock Sunday morning, and of course our service here tonight at 7 o'clock. Make it a point now to attend one of our services, if not all of them. You still have time to prepare for the service tonight, so feel welcome to get the family together and come out for a visit with us, okay? We are located about a half a mile from Main Street on O Route 7 toward the Grayson Reservoir, or about a half a mile from Main Street on New Route 7 toward the Grayson Reservoir, and very easy to find. For those of you who have a question or comments you would like to send to us, our mailing address is Return to Truth, Post Office, Box 784, Grayson, Kentucky. That's Return to Truth, Post Office, Box 784, Grayson, Kentucky, 41143. Also, we would like to take the time to express our appreciation to those of you who helped make this program possible through your financial support, which is very, very helpful indeed. And we want to thank you for your interest in the program and your desire to help make it possible. And we say may the Lord richly bless you and reward you for your help to us. Have you ever wondered about the theory of the earth just coming into existence with no help at all, just by the Big Bang Theory? Well, listen to this. One day, as Newton sat reading his study with his mechanism on a large table near him, his infidel friend stepped in. Scientist that he was, he recognized at a glance what was before him. Stepping up to it, he slowly turned the crank and with undisguised admiration, Watch the heavenly bodies all move in their relative speed in their orbits. Standing off a few feet, he exclaimed, My, what an exquisite thing this is! Who made it? Without looking up from his book, Newton answered, Nobody. Quickly turning to Newton, the infidel said, Evidently you did not understand my question. I ask, who made this? Looking up now, Newton solemnly assured him that nobody made it, but that the aggregation of matter so much admired had just happened to assume the form it was in. But the astonished infidel replied with some heat, You must think I'm a fool. Of course somebody made it, and he is a genius, and I'd like to know who he is. Laying aside his book, Newton arose and laid a hand on his friend's shoulder. This thing is but a puny imitation of a much grander system whose laws you know, and I am not able to convince you that this mere toy is without a designer and maker. Yet, you prefer to believe that the great original from which the design is taken has come into being without either design or maker. Now tell me, by what sort of reasoning do you reach such an incongruous conclusion? How many times have you come face to face with discouragement? Have you ever been tempted to quit walking with the Lord regardless how much or how little ground you've gained? 
But even people in the world who do not profess to serve God have that to cope with, discouragement that is, but even they must go on to accomplish their desired goal. Then how much more should we? Consider this, it's a rare person who doesn't get discouraged, whether it happens to us or an associate we're trying to cheer up. The answer centers around one word, perseverance or continuance anyway, and going on. The value of courage, persistence, and perseverance has rarely been illustrated more convincingly than in the life story of this man. At the age of 22, he failed in business. At the age of 23, he ran for legislature and was defeated. At the age of 24, he again failed in business. At the age of 25, he was elected to legislature. At the age of 26, his sweetheart died. At the age of 27, he had a nervous breakdown. At the age of 29, he was defeated for speaker. At the age of 31, he was deleted, excuse me, defeated for elector. At the age of 34, he was defeated for Congress. At the age of 37, he was elected to Congress. At the age of 39, he was defeated for Congress. At the age of 46, he was defeated for Senate. At the age of 47, he was defeated for Vice President. At the age of 49, he was defeated for Senate. At the age of 51, he was elected President of the United States. That's the record of Abraham Lincoln. Listen to the wisdom of Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. And in Matthew 10th chapter, verse 22, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. So until this time next week, may the Lord richly bless you in your return to truth.